When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From the Whiskey 61 Lounge inside the Bank Plus Studio. You are listening to Mississippi's number one sports talk show, The Out of Bounds Show with Bo Bounds. Streaming worldwide live on the Out of Bounds Radio app and on your radio at ESPN 105.9. The Soul. All right. The uh, Tito's Vodka Bloody Mary game this weekend is Mississippi State at Arkansas. And we're thinking it's going to be the Mike Wright show. I don't know if it'll be good or bad, but it'll be the Mike Wright show. Obviously, KJ Jefferson's a better quarterback, uh, but that's the same thing in the Ole Miss Auburn game. You know, Jackson Dart is is by far and away the the better QB on the field. A lot of times, I get hello gives you an advantage as the uh, as the most important position on the field. But we're kind of got a bookend deal going. We got the Tito's Vodka Bloody Mary game at eleven a.m. Y'all know how we label that. And uh, I'm going to be at home this weekend, and I'm very excited. To say that I had a great time on my guys' trip is an understatement last weekend. And we we couldn't have bought the weather. Um, it was just fabulous down on 30A. And uh, I loved getting in the water Saturday morning and floating around and all that. That outdoor shower, man, I got to get one of those. I think I got to put one down by the boathouse. Um, it just it makes you feel even more free. Being in nature and showering, yeah, it's awesome. I took three outdoor showers while I was there. You take one indoor? Or were they all outdoor? Hold on. Let me think, bro. Yes, I took one indoor. Okay. I did. That's a good ratio. Three to one. Three three outside, one inside. That's a solid. that's That's a nature boy right there. That's a Ric Flair shower. It's just, it feels great that, because it's on the ocean side. Yeah. Okay. And you've got the breeze coming off the ocean. Right, a little, a little sea spray. Yeah, a little, yeah, yeah. I like. Maybe that. sand is blowing on me. I don't know. Nor care. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was great. It, it, we, I had a, gr- I had a good time. Mississippi State had five of six home games uh, at home. Obviously, yeah. And then this that that weekend, and I'm really excited. I two weekends at the hacienda. This weekend, wow. next weekend. Oh, that's what I was talking about. Book in. Mississippi State and Arkansas is the Tito's Vodka Bloody Mary game. Ole Miss Auburn is the Wilderness Trail Bourbon and Steak game. Steak, not state. Steak. Because it's at 6 o'clock. Right, you see where I'm right. going here? Of course, okay. yeah. All right. And um, and I know Ole Miss is, I mean, the, Ole Miss is trying to either do something they haven't done, win the West, or go to a New Year's Six Bowl game. And that's where they are. They beat LSU and Arkansas at home. They only have one loss. They're two and one in the conference. They're six and a half point favorite over Auburn on the road. They have the best quarterback mm. in the stadium, and they have a staff that's been there lanes on year four. We all know Freeze. They can't. Even, they don't even know who their quarterback is. Is it Peyton <laughs> yeah. Thorn? 
Is it Robbie Ashford? Is it Bo Bell? I don't know. Is it Bo uh, Bell? You know, whatever. <laughs> um, so this is a great opportunity for Ole Miss to get a road win. They haven't beat Auburn in back-to-back since 1951-52. That's hard for me to believe. Uh, Mississippi State has beat Auburn back-to-back the last two years. Cheryl beat them three times in a row. And I think Mullen got them back-to-back. Um, that's And that's in modern era, you know, when it actually counts. But uh, that that's crazy. It's a, it's a good opportunity for Ole Miss. Still in the hunt for the West, one game behind Alabama. Now, if LSU beats Bama, you still need another game. And you you got to stay unscathed. That means you'd have to beat Georgia at Georgia. You drop another one, you got to have Bama lose again. Uh, well, actually, if they lost again, they still got the tiebreaker. They'd have to lose mm. again. Yeah. So they would have to lose three. Oh, yeah. Well, you're still playing for a New Year's Six ball game. Now, you need... I mean, surely an SEC team's getting in the college football playoff? You have to have one. Yeah, because I mean, <laughs> like, Georgia's going to go 12 and... twelve and Well... At worst... Let me think about that. Hold on. The Out of Bounds Show, 105.9 The Zone ESPN, is brought to you by uh, uh, Tito's Vodka Martini, three blue cheese olives, and a 10-ounce filet, medium rare, medium. Get it, you know, kind of seared with a side of scallops at Kessler Prime in the Renaissance, KesslerPrime.com, to make a reservation. Let's get back to this real quick. So Bartu told us there is not a team that has a national championship profile. However, yeah, we'll get one in, right? The Pac-12 is trending the right way to get one in for the first time. Boy, say that out loud. The Big Ten looks really good at getting one in. Florida State's, you know, doing what they need to do, right? Yeah. I, I mean, if Bama wins out but loses the SEC championship, well, they they won't. Well, they that's a good It depends on what else plays out. See, if Oklahoma and Texas play again, uh, don't forget, Texas ha- will have a road win. The college football playoff committee, they will have a road win over Alabama. Which almost never happens <laughs> for another team in the college football playoffs. Right. So. Um, you know, we've got all these. Un- it's going to shake out. We've got, we've got so much football left to play. It's going to shake out. Let's let's get into uh, Lane wants that. We're going to drop some Lane. Au- do I need? Do I have time to drop the Lane audio right now? All right, Lane trains talking how hard it is to. Uh, I mean, like it's hard to play at Auburn. I'm kidding. <laughs> I was about to say, come on. I'm kidding. What? <laughs> Lane's talking about why it's tough to play at Auburn. Uh, Jordan Hare. Here we go. You can see our record there. You know, we we like breaking records and doing things. So. Someone said, we win this game. It's the first back-to-back wins against Auburn in 71 years. So that's a pretty exciting thing to be able to do. I just think that place, haven't played it here, haven't played it at Alabama, just sometimes has kind of some magical things happen in it. That they're always sold out. Fans seem to be in it all the game from, you know, from the beginning on. And they seem to play better there, especially at night, if you look at the stats over the years. Okay. You can tell he can taste it. I mean, he's Ooh. like, we can have a big year. The the you know we did what we need to do at home against LSU and Arkansas. I've got the quarterback. Pete Golding has made our defense significantly better. Um, he can taste it. 
It's going to be a long road. At Auburn, you'll smoke Vandy. A&M at home. We'll see if the wheels fall off at Georgia and Mississippi State. Um, you are 90? No, 87 spots better. Your offense is 87 spots better than their defense as far as scoring efficiency. Did you see what Lane posted on Twitter? What did he do? I, I just bookmarked it for you so you can check it out for yourself. Uh, so whenever Lane was at Alabama and beat Auburn at Auburn in 2015, you know, Cam Newton used to do, I don't know if you remember, the dab. That was like his move. You know, it was a popular dance move for a little while. Yeah, yeah. And he posted that. I know what that is. Good hell. Okay, just making sure. I mean, you were you need an explanation on Snapchat. I well, just want to totally cover, different. cover all the bases here. Okay. Uh, so he posted Lil Knox Newton saying Cam Newton and Knox is hitting the dab after beating Alabama in 2015. Posted that yesterday. So Lane is already on the shenanigans. And I love it. Of course you do. I love the shenanigans. You, as you, long as we win the football loves game. That kind of stuff. <laughs> As, like rebel nation. As long as we win the football game, you can you can do a little, little poking here, poking there. It makes it a little more fun before the game happens. But if you lose the football game, then people are livid about the poking. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. But I, hey, we'll we'll take some Twitter <laughs> stuff. Um, real quick, Rich Rodriguez, Rich Rod, he's plus four coach effect. Wow. You can say what you want about him. Wow. Let me tell you what he can do. He can flat out coach the hell out of some football. Yeah. I mean, everywhere he's gone, he has won. Tulane, offensive coordinator, they go undefeated. Clemson, they were rolling. He leaves. Bowden gets fired. West Virginia, awesome. Michigan, Lloyd Carr and that group hijacked him. Goes out to Arizona, throws up a nine-win season. How many of those have they had the last Arizona? (laughs) Okay. Steve Palazzolo, Pro Football Focus, NFL Insider at 830 on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Uh, Good morning. Welcome in. Morning drive driven by your next Ford F-150. Mack Hike. Ford I-55 North in Jackson. Ford F-150s all day long, all over the lot in the dealership. Pre-owned and new. Driven by Mack Ike Ford. And your next Ford F-150 at Mack Ike Ford. Good morning. Welcome in. Lunch today brought to you by Bulldog Burger, Lake Harbor, and Ridgeland. They've got that beautiful outside area. Lunch today, Bulldog Burger, outside area, Enjoy a Stella Artois and a delicious, delicious burger loaded up with all the yummy stuff. Bacon, cheese, mushrooms, jalapenos, Bulldog Burger, Lake Harbor, and Ridgeland. Right down from the Armory. Our friends at the Armory, it's right in front of Kroger, Lake Harbor. All right? Guns, suppressors, optics, the Armory, Lake Harbor, in Ridgeland, right in front of Kroger, uh, Tom Luganville stopped by on Tuesday. He was he just called. I mean, he's, he's called an Ole Miss game. Um, more than familiar with Auburn. Uh, this is what he had to say about Lane versus Freeze. I do think it's fair to say that Ole Miss to this point has been a different team on the road than they've been at home. They're kind of like Louisville of the ACC. 
And so, again, that's why I bring up the crowd. I bring up the road environment. Uh, you know, they struggled mightily at Tulane, obviously lost on the road to Alabama, played really well at home. Um, and so now they're going to have to go on the road. For me, I don't think – I think Auburn is what they are in terms of – what you've seen so far in offense is exactly what you're going to see each and every week. There is no solution. There's no magic wand right now. They're just having to work through it. There you go. I mean, <laughs> you are what you are. So how did your team play the last time you watched them? That's who they are for the most part. Right? For Ole Miss and State, how do you feel about that? Well, for Ole Miss, you feel good. You're, you're sick, five and one. Yeah. So you can struggle against a, a bottom tier SEC West team yeah. and and still win, find a way. Yeah, uh, true. I, I didn't never feel like Arkansas was going to win that game um, against Ole Miss. Ole Miss did struggle, uh, maybe a little bit more than I thought they would on offense against Arkansas because Arkansas doesn't have any special players on defense. Uh, Mississippi State allowed a third string quarterback from Western Michigan to have a record day. Record, yeah. Again, yeah. His mom, this guy's mom, went to an art museum on that Saturday morning because she didn't think he was going to play. Because <laughs> she thought that more would happen there. Than, yeah. yeah, I mean, she went to a craft beer festival <laughs> in in you know Michigan and enjoyed herself and bought some local art from some people, which is what you should do. And her son was twenty of twenty from the line of scrimmage to twenty yards out as far as throwing Jeez. the ball around. Somebody go get that 20 kid. and in, <laughs> 20 and 21 in a real game against a Power 5 SEC team. I never thought this would happen. Wow. I mean, I did I did I talk about all during the offseason that a lot of people in the media were crazy thinking that that Mississippi State was going to win a bunch of games after losing a Hall of Fame coach and and naming someone on the staff who has no head coaching experience. Did I think it would be a struggle? Did I think 6 and 6 would be you know, fantastic, but did I think that they would be outside the top 100 in defensive scoring efficiency? Never in a million years. Oh. Never in a million years. That's probably the most surprising. It's not that the offense... Well, that's the problem that Arnett's looking at. Let's just, let's just cut through the chase. The problem yeah. is his unit, he decided to promote from within. He could have gone and hired a G5 guy with three years experience, four years play calling experience. It was, you know, somewhat in the vein of what Arnett likes to do, the three three five or whatever. I mean, the way people are moving people around, it's not like when I was growing up. My God, people were running a five two and everybody ran a four three. <laughs> and you stayed exactly where you were supposed to at at the start of the play. Now, you know, you got people all over the place. Uh linebackers slash edge rushers, strong safety slash linebacker, whatever. Yeah. Um, people actually play in space. Everything was played in a phone booth. You know the drill. You find you identify a guy who who is at least philosophically lines up with you, but has a ton of experience on Saturday calling plays, and this has just been a disaster for 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 Arnett. Even though they're one game off, I mean, it, but the problem is if they were just seventy fifth or eightieth in defensive scoring efficiency, they win in Columbia, South Carolina. And then everybody's like not upset because well, your two losses are yeah. to LSU and Bama. Right. You're exactly right. And people are breathing and not hyperventilating. And now, right now, um, obviously, and this is totally fair, your coach and Q Freeze and everybody else is trying to poach their commitments. They're telling people Arnett's not going to make it. 
And, you know, right now they're trying to find one W. One comp. They're trying to outscore Arkansas by one point. It's not about, it's not about pretty points. Whatever. Can you find a way to get one more point than Arkansas mid-afternoon in Fayetteville? That's it. I mean, there's no way it's not just like a 17 to 10 fist fight, right? I mean, it can't be. Well, you wouldn't think so as bad as Mississippi. I mean, how could Mississippi State hold anybody to 17? Uh, From what I've been able to witness, how in the hell would Mississippi State's defense be able to hold anybody to 17 points? But, I mean, well, they did score 31 against LSU's defense, but that's, you know. Well, everybody has scored on LSU's defense. Yeah, but. Except Mississippi State. Right. (laughs) And Mississippi State's offense has actually been pretty, you know, Solid. They're they're not as but but yet some of the lead conversations have been around the offense and I'm just like they they're not you would be four and two and the offense would be just fine. It's it's the defense is horrific. Like they're they are record breaking bad. Yeah. It's and they're record breaking bad at every level and they can't get it, the blitz look very generic and vanilla, which I don't understand. They can't get their 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 two super senior linebackers can't get to the quarterback. Everything's open underneath. It is an absolute field day. And then when they catch the ball, they can just it's it's like me running. They can just run for days. <laughs> I don't you know, but man, Arkansas is slap average. But I still still don't think the thing. Yeah, but maybe maybe Mike Wright's the hero. Yeah, Saturday, and if he wins, he will be right. I mean, he'll have he, a whole he will fan be. base and, behind. And also, him. him maybe knowing that he's the starter for a while. Yeah, he's been able to prep all during the off week and this week. Is this is going to be me, and I'm getting all the reps? Um, maybe that helps him a little bit. I guess that, that is the, the question: Is can you score thirty plus? It, your defense is that bad? They they're not holding. They're not. You know, Dan Enos is a good offensive coordinator. Um, he may not be great, but he's good. I mean, he had some good offenses at Arkansas his first time around. Ole Miss knows that. Yeah. Okay, and he went down to Miami, and he wasn't, even though things were burning down around him, he wasn't bad. Uh, they scheme it up. And uh, that could be a, the, the question is, if you get in a track meet, can you win 31-30 if you're Mississippi State? You almost did against South Carolina on the road. True, yeah. 37-30. And, and had a couple opportunities, right? That was with Will dropping dimes. He was I, dropping dimes. I mean, that, so that's the and thing. And two major calls went against you because of the way they were called on the field, which I didn't think they'd be overturned. It's fine. But had they been called the other way, they wouldn't have been overturned the other way either because they were literally that damn within a fingernail close, right? Oh, definitely. And the dude dances yeah. off, out, out of bounds, and then they they claimed he, you know, was in bounds when he when he got the pick. Yeah, and then the fump, Will throwing the football was his arm going. You know, but it's bang bang stuff. Both went against you. They weren't going to overrule him in Birmingham. Overturn him. Excuse me. Do we have Jake Thompson, Ole Miss Insider at nine fifteen? Nine fifteen. All right. Steve Palazzolo coming up next. Pro Football Focus. Man, oh man, oh man. We'll talk some NFL. We got Saints tonight, Jason. Jaguars, Saints are desperate for a win. So is Mississippi State. They're kind of in the same boat. Uh, <laughs> three and three. The Saints 
have to win at home tonight against the Jaguars. Or this thing could get away from Dennis Allen. And uh, we got some other good matchups this weekend. Steve Palazzolo, Pro Football Focus, NFL Insider, on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line, coming up next. Ah, Steve Palazzolo, Pro Football Focus. On the Out of Bounds Show, PFF.com. They've got everything going. YouTube, podcast, analytics, they're all over it. College football, too, in the NFL draft. But right now, we're in the heart of the season, so we're going to stay right there. He joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. This interview is brought to you by an ice-cold Stella Artois this afternoon. Uh, pair it with the steak or burgers on the grill as you watch the Jaguars and Saints. Jacksonville Jaguars and um, woo, the New Orleans Saints sitting there at three and three. And the Saints desperately need a win tonight. Dennis Allen desperately needs a win. And, you know, Mickey Loomis and them are frustrated, but we'll see what happens tonight. Jaguars and Saints in the Caesar Superdome. Not but about two and a half hours down the road. We welcome in Steve Palazzolo. This interview is brought to you by Stella Artois. Steve, we got to start with Dallas first, and then we'll move on to the weekend. How did PFF grade uh, Dak and the Cowboys? Yeah, Dak had one of his best grades of the season. It may have been his best uh, his best grade. He was good. I mean, obviously, those those big plays he made, um, under pressure, outside of structure, using his legs both in the running game and then just creating big plays outside the pocket. So, you know, I know he kind of missed what could have been a game winner at the end. But, you know, overall, I thought Dak played a pretty clean game in a game where uh, his receivers were okay when he targeted C.D. Lamb. So a lot of good stuff. Michael Gallup was struggling as far as, you know, creating separation. But I thought Dak played you know, one of his better games, and this is – you know, continues to be in line with how the Cowboys operate. They they break your heart, you know, they disappoint, but they, they are able to, to bounce back and, you know, clean the slate, so to speak, for the next week. And I thought that was an impressive bounce back for the Cowboys after the disappointment against the Niners. I think they're a pretty good team in the NFL, Steve. I don't, you know, they're not one of the better teams in the NFC. Um, I mean, they're right in that next tier which makes them dangerous, like you said. And in the AFC, they wouldn't be considered in that in that top group. So I think they are what they are. They're a pretty good NFL team. Um, yeah. Yes, you agree or disagree? No, I agree. I mean, I, we'll still c- continue to have those questions. Why, why can't they be a top-tier team? Why can't they compete with the best we'll see they'll have plenty of opportunities to face you know face the eagles a couple times and i think they'll i think they'll certainly compete against the best teams i just i i still wonder how much the niners matchup is just horrendous for them yeah and makes them look a little bit worse i i, I agree there what what's going on with michael gallup I, i've always thought he was over like that they the dallas media and some of the nfl kind of labeled him a well, not elite. He's not AJ Brown and and Tyreek and some of these other dudes that that you know Jefferson and Chase, but but labeled him a good, not even really good, but a good bona fide good NFL receiver. And I really thought it was based off, I guess, three seasons ago in about an eight game run 
Um, I didn't. I didn't see it, but I don't look at it like you do. What's going on with Michael Gallup, Steve? I mean. I- I think at his best, I've always viewed Gallup as a good number two, right? You know, not a guy that, not C.D. Lamb, not Amari Cooper, but just a good number two when the attention's taken away from your number one, a guy that normally can can get open, get open against zone, move the chains. I think what we're seeing is still got injured a couple years ago and just doesn't seem to have the same dynamic ability not that he was a crazy good athlete or anything but he just you know doesn't look dynamic getting off of press coverage off the line of scrimmage and um you know maybe take a little bit a little bit of a step back even from that what i would call that number two role um you know they finally got a little something from brandon cooks the other day which was great and if they do that you know maybe that takes a little bit more pressure off gallup and it becomes a good three you know that was the goal coming into the season but yeah i think gallup is just uh, not as good as he was previously, maybe against man coverage. Uh, you you asked the question, you know, why can't Dallas break through? I, I mean, I think when you release guys in their prime that are being wildly productive for you and sync up with the most important position on the field in your quarterback, it just doesn't make – I mean, Cole Beasley was outstanding. Uh, Amari Cooper was outstanding. Dalton Schultz. I mean, these are things that I just – I think that's the difference between being pretty good and maybe good plus, Steve. I could be wrong. Yeah, and I, and I may be guilty of overrating the veteran player who comes in who has a track record, and that would be, say, Brandon Cooks at receiver, Stephon Gilmore at corner. And because I definitely thought last year Dallas went into the 2022 season a little shorthanded from their previous rosters. And they still made good. They still had a very good season. But it felt like they were a little shorthanded, and it also felt like coming into this offseason, they they made those moves, Cooks and Gilmore, to to, to mitigate that, to offset that, to say, okay, we're not going to do that again. Um, but, you know, maybe, you know, Cooks, but they're both older, right? They're both in their 30s, and even though they've been productive recently, Cooks and Gilmore, they're, you know, they're still getting old, and you just never know when you're going to hit that wall and not be as productive. But I thought Dallas did a better job of being prepared with some veterans coming into the season. Haven't necessarily seen it from Cooks. Gilmore had the game-ending interceptions. He's, he's had a nice season, so we'll see if Cooks can kind of get back on track. Had a couple nice plays Monday night. Uh, what what do you make of Mike McCarthy's too conservative? You and I talked about this during the offseason. What do you make of eight seconds left and taking a shot in the end zone or draining the clock down to three seconds and kicking a field goal in modern-era NFL today, Steve? I don't understand it. It's a little, you know, the, the worst, obviously the worst thing that happens is you throw an interception or you throw a, a pass short of the end zone. I mean, that's one of those plays you just line up and you tell Dak, like, hey, if, if there's a window, give it a shot. If there's not, you throw it away, we're kicking the field goal. I mean, it, it, it probably doesn't make a big difference. You're, you're, it's unlikely that you're going to score the touchdown there. But it's still a shot that you would normally take. At least line up. Let me see if you can catch them in a coverage bust or pump fake somebody open or whatever. Give it three or four seconds and then throw it away. So, yeah, I think some of those things are a bit uh, head-scratching when you're, you know, settling for that field goal. When there's maybe a chance for for a touchdown late in the first half. Okay. Uh, let's, it's unlikely, right? It, it is. I still – I agree with you. I still think you take a shot. Of uh, course. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I just – McCarthy seems to be coaching like – 
he was when he was with the Saints or that kind of era of football, like 2003. And I don't that that makes me not happy. All right. Steve Palazzolo, Pro Football Focus, PFF.com on the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line. Let's uh, what's going on with the New Orleans Saints? They, they've got the Jaguars. They need a win. They pulled an easy schedule, blah, blah, blah. Their offense is not good, Steve. Yeah, it is. This is the second game this year. It felt like Derek Carr had a whole bunch of empty yards, right? He had a lot of yards, but um, it, honestly, it's, it's the red zone. And it, the red zone issues are kind of a league-wide trend. The, the red zone production around the league is way down. We are, we are seeing some trends around the league where it's a dink and dunk type of passing attack and completion percentages up and explosive plays are down and then teams get into the red zone and defenses crack down. But it's at an extreme level for the Saints. Uh, Carr remains our – he's our third worst graded quarterback in the red zone. Um, he had these issues last year with the Raiders. And I think that's – it's you saw that to, to the end of the game. It wasn't all red zone, but it was, you know, in scoring opportunities when the Texans all out blitz, where are the answers? And to me, I see Carr running the offense a little hesitant, you know, and and again, I don't know if that's just Derek Carr, but you know, a lot of just double pumps, a lot of maybe a pick slow on, on some passes. And then you see plays like with the game on the line, he's throwing a corner out to Rashid, uh, Rashid Shahid. Shahid's running a slot face. You know, they're not on the same page. So there's a lot of, what I'm seeing, I think, is minor details in the offense that are receivers and QB not on the same page or QB not seeing it cleanly uh, on top of the O-line injury, uh, the O-line issues, and then O-line injuries, right? So you have, you have Cesar Ruiz and you know, the guards not really pass blocking all that well, and now Ruiz has to play tackle probably tonight. Not great. So I think it's a lot of those things adding up for the Saints. But, you know, if I had to oversimplify it, it's in the red zone, there's – uh, you know, QB's not accurate. You don't have open receivers a whole lot, and you don't have guys winning one-on-ones and, and you know, good drives are stalling for the Saints. All right. Steve Palazzolo, Pro Football Focus on the Out of Bounds Show, brought to you by an ice-cold Stella Artois Bulldog Burger later this afternoon. What about the Eagles? They, they're they still fantastic. They hurt, struggled. They, they didn't do what they were supposed to do. Now they pull the Dolphins. Uh, what did you see last week with with Hertz and and the offense and the Eagles? It's tough to put my finger on what doesn't feel right for the Eagles, but uh, it certainly doesn't. Even before last week, it does feel slower and like they're trudging along. And and look, there are certainly times where you know we've talked about AJ Brown and his explosiveness. They get the ball to him down the field, but it it does feel like overall they're playing a really conservative game. Maybe it's just because I hate the rugby play so much now. But, the, you know, they get into these fourth and shorts and third and shorts, and they, you, know, you push them forward, and it's a lot of um, slow, methodical football. Right? They had a drive the other day that, you know, Navy would be blushing for, you know, 19 carries for, or 19 plays for 97 yards for a touchdown. And so, it, to me, it feels like the, the Eagles are almost, because they're playing such a slow pace, you know, they're kind of keeping teams closer. You know, they're not really blowing teams out like they were last year. And and then, you, you know, if Jalen Hurts makes a terrible decision at the end, you're going to lose the game, right? So that's, it feels like something's a little off 
for the for the Eagles where they could maybe lean into their receivers a little bit more, be a little bit more aggressive, and um, get back to creating those big plays. Still love the Eagles. I still think they are capable of winning in different ways, but it's just not as clean of an offensive performance, you, you know, from the entire offense or from Hurts, who definitely put the ball in harm's way a bunch on Sunday against the Jets. And then on top of that, the Jets' defense has done that to everybody. You know, they have made Mahomes look bad from a passing standpoint. They've made Josh Allen look bad. They've made almost everybody except Dak, who is Duncan and Duncan down the field, made everybody look bad pretty much this season. Okay. Who do you like in that game? I mean, it's, it's in Philly. Um, you know, Mike McDaniel's a little freak. Uh, Dolphins at Eagles. It's Philly minus two and a half. Who do you like? Oh, man. It's going to be... It's going to be so good. I mean, the I think I would lean Dolphins. I like the shiny objects. I like the I like the flash. And I know they got they got shut down in one half this year, basically against Buffalo. A very good defense. I don't think the Eagles have that type of back seven that Buffalo is bringing to the table that day. Plus the familiarity. I think it's I think that's part of it too. Play when the Dolphins play the Bills. There's some familiarity there. When they play the Eagles, they haven't seen this, right? I don't know if they've seen this level of speed. It, it, there's probably going to be an adjustment period getting used to the Dolphins' speed at which they play, the speed at which they just run, this, you know, their, their legit 4-3 speed at, you know, at all the skill position player uh, positions. So, yeah, I like the Dolphins. This will be an interesting game where the Eagles' slow pace makes sense, you know, keep the ball and grind it out and keep it away from the Dolphins. So, they'll, I think they'll keep it close, but I'll, I'll take the Dolphins to uh, – I guess pull oh, the upset here. Oh, okay. Tua versus Hurts. Alabama versus Oklahoma. Um, <laughs> it, it drives Bam. Yeah. We, we have a big, uh, outside of Mississippi State and Ole Miss, we have two, uh, Alabama and LSU, have big fans slash alumni bases here in central Mississippi. And it drives Bama fans crazy when I when I say that Jalen Hurts is in Oklahoma. Uh, Oklahoma legend. Yeah. Hurts, of course. Yeah. yeah. All right. Good deal. Just want to make sure you're on the same page what, with me. Hey, it's such an interesting story because I, I I never expected Jalen Hurts to get to this point because when he got benched for Tua, that offense got so much better. And Hurts was a good college quarterback, but Tua made the Bama offense so much better. Right. But then Hurts also improved greatly over the last few years. Really impressive what he's been able to do. It is no no question. Um. Okay. The L.A. Chargers, what are they? I mean, they, they 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 look like a talented squad that loses a bunch of close games, but that can beat anybody. They're not terrible. They're not like some of these teams that are bad in this league, but you're the insider. What are the Los Angeles Chargers? Don't ask me these ridiculous questions, man. I mean, nobody knows how to explain the Chargers. I have no idea how to explain the Chargers. I mean, they're going to lose by three this week against Kansas City. They're going to find a way to do just enough to lose by three. Could be an overtime again. But that's, I don't know, that's the challenge, right? I mean, they, they are talented. I do think losing Mike Williams at receiver hurts, puts a lot more pressure on Keenan Allen and some of their younger receivers. Um, but the Chargers are solid across the board. Their defense is disappointed. It looked better. In recent weeks, it looked better against Dallas, despite some of the big plays they gave up. But there's just always something missing, and I, it's not as simple as Brandon Staley's, you know, fourth down decisions or anything like that. But there's just something missing, and you know, Herbert's talented, but 
doesn't uh, not living up to his potential over the last year and a half or so. Uh, it is it is tough to put your finger on how to explain the Chargers other than they should be better. They always seem to get run down with injuries. It's not as bad this year as it's been. Uh, you know, they just I don't know, man. They are a very talented team that should be better on defense, that should be more explosive on offense, and they're just not right now. And they're in, you know, Herbert had a terrible game the other night for him. Right. Um, he's so talented. He's usually not like that. He's usually pretty good, and someone else lets him down. But, you know, it was just tough to put your finger on for the Chargers because there's there's certainly something missing with all that talent there. Okay. He is the host of PFF NFL Podcast, Steve Palazzolo, on the Out of Bounds Show and the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Uh, I want to go to the lines. And I love some Dan Campbell and the kneecap biters. Are you buying? Are you in? Is this team legit and ready to really mess with the Eagles and the 49ers down the stretch? Where do you stand? Yeah, I I think they're legit. I think they are. I mean, I was talking to someone yesterday, too, who said the kneecap biting thing was hilarious because it's really not how Dan Campbell coaches. And it's really not how he makes his decisions, right? I mean, he—I mean, he has that type of attitude that filters through the team, that toughness. But when it comes down to, like last week against the Bucks, they couldn't run the ball at all, so they put the ball in Jared Goff's hands. He drops back 45 times, and they were—you know—he and Goff delivered, and they were making play after play, and yeah, you know, they scored 20 points. But they could win through the air if they need to. They're going to make good fourth down decisions. They're going to. Um, rush the passer pretty well. They've improved their secondary a ton. I, I just love how the team's been built. I, I honestly, I don't remember the last team that got incrementally better year after year after year uh, without a massive QB change, right? It's been Jared Goff since they were a three or four win team. Then they became a borderline playoff team. Now they feel like a, you know, a team that could go to the NFC championship and compete. And they've done it brick by brick, started in the trenches, got some explosive playmakers. The quarterback has improved. Goff is our highest-graded quarterback in the NFL right now. He's playing extremely well, the best stretch of play he's had in his career. So there's a lot to like about the Lions, and that phrase I use, they can win multiple ways. I think they can they can pound the rock when they need to. They can win through the air. They can win with a pass rush. They'll stop the run extremely well. They do a lot of things well, and they can win in, in different ways in Detroit, and that is completely different from what it's been. Their depth is incredible compared to what it was they have legit competition at, at multiple positions it is uh, really impressive what brad holmes the gm and dan campbell have done in detroit i was just going to mention brad holmes general manager for the detroit line so we'll nerd out, out here for a second um real quick i mean it, it, this guy could be executive or gm of the year with what you just described it's hard to build depth it's hard to have that kind of competition all over the place uh, that guy this guy spent 18 years with the Rams and then makes it to the GM position and is now flourishing. I mean, it's kind of come out of nowhere, but a great story, right? Yeah. So there's two things to just highlight there. There's a little bit of luck involved. You know, they, they got Aiden Hutchinson when the Jaguars almost certainly should have picked Aiden Hutchinson. So the Lions kind of lucked into that one. Um, they kind of lucked into Penae Sewell falling to seven overall because there's so many blue chip players that year in the draft, but but they made those picks, right? So they got, you know, some pillars on the offensive and defensive line when they needed to. The other part, too, remember, we always ask about QB contracts and why isn't there a middle-class 
QB contracts. Why can't you just pay a good QB 25 or 30 million? Well, the Lions have kind of figured out how to do that. They got a middle tier quarterback in Jared Goff, who, like, like I said, is playing above that. But because the Rams paid a signing bonus and they paid some, they paid the Lions to take Goff, that ended up becoming a massive win for the Lions. Now that Goff is playing as well as he is, they have, they don't, they're not paying him 45, 50 million a year. You know, they're paying him 25, 30 million. They're essentially paying a good quarterback, a middle-class QB contract, and they got a bunch of other first-round picks to do that in the Stafford trade. So that's really added up. They've added so much talent to the team because of the, the draft hauls, the extra draft picks, and on top of that, they have a cheap quarterback relative to the rest of the league who's playing very well. That all adds up to a very good roster and, you know, a team that can win. And, you know, you've got to give Brad Holmes a ton of credit to be able to do that. It's, it's a great story. And uh, Dan Campbell kind of, I mean, we knew who he was because he's under Sean Payton at the Saints, but it's not like he had been a coordinator, you know, for four to six years in the NFL with the hot guy, Shanahan or something like that, although Payton was hot at that time, I guess. But it's still a, it's a hell of a story. Um, yeah. I mean, that's why it's so hard when people say, hey, who's the next good head coach? Like, I have no idea. It is not just the guy who calls the best plays. Sometimes it is. But that, you know, the, the head coach is the CEO. He is the heartbeat of the team. And who knows? It's not always the best offensive or defensive coordinator. You know, somebody, they sat down with Dan Campbell and said, yeah, this guy's going to lead our team. And they were right. You know, they, you can't get that from press conferences or, you know, previous year's stats or any of that stuff. You have to sit down and know and, you know, credit the Lions for identifying Campbell as that guy. Hey, you're right. All right, real quick. Uh, I've only got a minute or so. Cleveland Browns defense. Uh, very good. They're very good. I thought there was a, uh, our, our grades the other day against the Niners weren't elite because I thought the Niners left a lot of plays on the table. Brock Purdy missed four or five open throws. Uh, that would have been big gains and uh, a couple drops in there. So I think the Lions, the Browns defense is very good. They rush the passer extremely well. They play more man coverage than anybody in the league. They make life difficult for opposing QBs, and they weren't the only factor against the Niners. But, yeah, the Browns are they're playing great on that side of the ball, especially compared to last year. So one of the biggest improvements in the NFL. All right, we'll leave it there. Steve Palazzolo, Pro Football Focus, PFF.com. And uh, Steve is the host of PFF NFL Podcast. And um, what was that chili called, Scott? Are you, are you going to dive into some Skyline chili as you uh, watch the Jaguars and Saints tonight? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Good for you. That sounds not, terrible. Sounds gross. All right. Be good, buddy. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Steve Palazzolo, Pro Football Focus, PFF.com. Looks like Keith Kincaid's going to make it in the studio. We've been asking Keith to come in studio for three years. Really? Yes. <laughs> wow. And I, I, he just texted me. He said he's going to be here. I'm thinking around 915. Owns Kincaid's Fine Clothing Shop which is a beautiful shop on Jackson Street in Ridgeland. Um, he's going to come in, hang out with us, tell us what all's going on for as we uh, as the weather gets cooler and the holiday season is around the corner. And we still got weddings and all sorts of different things that you got to get ready for. But obviously they've got pullovers and jackets and sport coats and Mississippi State and Ole Miss gear. Um, so Keith Kincaid will join us. Kincaid's Fine Clothing Shop. I think around 9.15. Um, We may move Jake Thompson. We'll just see how it goes. 
We're looking forward to that. He'll join us live in studio. You can watch the show on YouTube when Keith is here. YouTube channel, Out of Bounds Sports. And uh, the show is brought to you by the Armory. That's the place to go for your, your guns, optics, suppressors. The Armory, Lake Harbor in Ridgeland in front of Kroger. The Armory, Lake Harbor in Ridgeland in front of Kroger. And hour number three coming up. Good show today. I feel the energy from our listeners, and I like it. 